0: Welcome to Hep Talks. I'm Luke Kemper here today with Richard Watts, who is the director of educational and regional marketing, uh, working for Capita on behalf of the British Army. If I got that right, we'll we'll explain that a little bit more later. <laughs> but Richard, thank you for for joining us today. Hi, good to be here, Luke. Thanks. Um, so I think. Today, we're going we're gonna to have a little bit of a talk about uh, the educational resources that the uh, British Army has released and put out um, that are free for schools to access. Um, and we're also going to talk a little bit about your, your role with that and, you know, how schools can hopefully benefit from it. So um, let's maybe start off with uh, you giving a, a little bit of an introduction about yourself and your role uh, for our listeners.
1: Hi. Right. Yeah. So, um, a, so background is in teaching. Used to be a teacher in, um, the state sector and secondary schools for about probably about 12, yeah, 12 to 13 years and left teaching, uh, business studies, ICT, a little bit of maths when required. Um, and left that in about 2018 and then came over to, um, to this job, which is essentially working for Capita on behalf of the British Army. So, the British Army, for those who don't know, they they subcontract the marketing out to Capita, um, and and Capita take care of all of their sort of like recruitment marketing um, for on their behalf. And that's all of the work that we do in in schools, um, all of the work that we do with um, uh, sort of young people across the. Who who are sort of in in some way have an interest in in, in the British Army as a potentially as a future, future career. So yeah, that's that's how happened. I mean, I can go into I suppose the, the the reasons for me moving out of the education system. That's usually a, a question I get when I'm asked, yeah. you know, oh, how come how come <laughs> you left, left teaching? I mean, mm-hmm. I can be I, I tend to be brutally honest about it um, and just say that you know when I, when I was at schools. I for the first probably I don't know six years I, I really liked the job, really enjoyed teaching. Um, hard work, as as you know, a lot of your listeners will know, it is. It's quite it's quite unrelentless. Um, and then I found it when I had um, children. Mm-hmm. I just found that the t- <laughs> my sort of like love for the profession sort of was eroded because I I found the job quite inflexible bringing up young kids when you've got to look after other people's kids essentially Mm -hmm. means that everything is uh, everything became much more expensive for me um, because I had to put my kids in extra clubs earlier after school and didn't have any of the flexibility that a lot of people in the private sector do and not everyone in the private sector does I know that Um, but a lot of people did and it just that and then, along with the workload and family life and marking at home, you know, I, I, you know, I like to, I like to be honest about it and just say that I didn't feel as though the, um, I was being looked after essentially by the, by the, the Department for Education. So, as a consequence, I started to look for other jobs, um, and in the, in the private sector, and this job came along, which had a, a real. Um, It had a sort of like a balance of the the two things that I was interested in. One, education, because that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. Um, That's what I was trained in. And then a marketing aspect. And when I was at university, I did business and marketing. Um, And it sort of like meshed both of these two areas of interest together. And that's why I jumped to the chance to to do this. And yeah, five years in now, or over five years. And I don't have any regrets.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, I think the what you were talking about and kind of the hardships of managing a, a teaching life um, with family and other things like that, I think a lot of people can relate. And as you said, it's not easy. Uh, that that could be a subject of an entire different. Yeah, podcast. definitely. And, <laughs> and,
1: and and I know there there'll be people who say, but you do get the holidays and you do. And, you know, don't get me wrong when you're in the private sector and you've got um, Half terms and six weeks holidays. That's when being a teacher, you 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 do get some payback and reward there, definitely. So I'm not, you know, my wife still is a teacher, and she's still yeah. in the, yeah, she she she's been she's been doing it now. Um, we we train together, and we, you know, so she's still still teaching. Yeah, so I I, I am aware that there are there are other benefits, but I don't know. I just yeah. For me, I just lost a lot of love for the for the job, and I'm I'm quite open with people when they ask me about that because, you know, there there are aspects of it that are really good, and I had a I had a situation not not too long ago actually where I was in in um, Winchester uh, near where I live, mm-hmm. and we were me and my family were eating in a restaurant, the, we were in one of those it's one of those restaurants where the tables are by the window, and so you you're looking out onto the high street. And there was a restaurant opposite us. And then, as we came out, someone came out of the restaurant and um, sort of came up to me, and you know, shouting, "Oh, Mister Watts, how you doing?" It's like someone I taught in, like you know, like ten, even in my first year of teaching, and um, just you know, shook my hand, said, "Oh, you know, I had a, you know, really enjoyed my lessons, had a big influence on him." And you see, you get those real high moments, which are great. But there, there weren't enough of them.
0: No, fair um, enough. Fair enough. So so, um, then jump forward to now, and, and uh, now you're working on on behalf of the, uh, the Army. So I am kind of curious what, if you could sum it up, what is the, the relationship between the Army and the education system? Um, because I, I don't think people would necessarily automatically think of those yeah. two together, right?
1: No, and I suppose I mean, so the Army. Is an education provider i mean first and foremost we've got a, a college in harrogate which is for people who are 16 to 18 um who can you know once you've done your gcse's at school you can go up to up to college and you're, you're you know it's an ofsted approved education where you you can continue your education until you're 18 and when you can then join the army as a soldier at 18 a full soldier at eighteen. so at any time you can you can walk away from that until then hmm. um but then in terms of our relationship on a sort of more, you know, with the, the the wider school system, I mean, really, we were there to provide sort of information about what the army does. So in terms of, you know, we we have outreach teams up a, up and down the country who will go into schools and deliver workshops, team building workshops, leadership workshops, careers presentations to students about what the army is. But, you know, in the same way that universities and colleges will attend schools, and local businesses, we we can go in in careers days, and you know, provide information of of a career in the army because essentially mm-hmm. that's what that's what we that's what, what what we do when we go into schools. We we talk about what the army is and 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 its potentials for a future career. So so yeah, that that that's why I'd, I'd say our, our relationship is. I mean, in in terms of moving when when people leave the school system and go into the army, whether it be as a 16-year-old, as a junior soldier, or as a, you know, 18, 19, 20, um, you know, their education doesn't stop either once they once they leave the traditional education system because 95% of soldiers who join the British Army will leave with an apprenticeship. Um, so the Army is the the UK's number one apprenticeship provider. So essentially, it, it, it can do a, a great job in terms of providing you with that um, post-16 or post-18 career um uh, education for, for a career inside the army but then also for a career when you leave the army uh, mm. because essentially you know there there are uh there's there's more than just the one job in the army which which i think most people tend to think of um yeah. in terms of the inventory there's you know there's there's over a, you know i don't think there's like over 70 or 80 jobs in the army that you can do mm. one of those being the inventory
0: <laughs> right right um interesting to to think of the army as like an education provider which it actually is you know i think that's a a kind of frame that most people don't necessarily use right away so the army has this uh has this program or organization as part of it right which is base the british army supporting education um Is that an older program or a newer one
1: or how, what is that? Yeah. So I suppose it's, it's newer. It it probably sort of really started and kicked off in about um, 2020. Um, And it's just, I mean, essentially it's sort of, you know, it's it's a sub brand of the, of the main army in that it's the, when, when we provide anything for schools, um, it's it's from the it's almost like I suppose within the army it's almost like our accreditation that this is stuff that we're happy to to put in the school environment um you know we've we've had educational professionals look over it and and check it over to make sure that it's suitable to to go into school um so yeah it's uh I suppose it's a way of creating content for schools that's Mm -hmm. relevant for schools and it's not just because you know the army does an awful lot of stuff so That's that way of just differentiating what we do and saying, you know, this is what we do for schools. And then anything that we do within schools, it's gone through that sort of process of being, you know, properly vetted by educational professionals.
0: Yeah. Um, and, you know, having a look over some of the, the lessons that are there, it does kind of, they do conform to the standards, right. And, uh, they kind of clearly mark that, um, what, what subject they're related to, um, Yeah, I guess l let's maybe talk about the the lessons a little bit because I am quite interested. I had a look at a few of them. There are 31 lessons that are in the the library, right, on the website. Um are these brand new or um have they been have you guys been
1: kind Um, of on? Yeah, we we well again I suppose we started the lessons in 2020 um and we've just been adding to them. And and I mean the 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 primary focus of the lessons, I, I look at it as almost as there's, there's two twofold. One is there's this almost sort of corporate and social responsibility. And and I think back to my days when I was a teacher and I was a business and IT teacher. And that's what I was trained to do. But yeah, every secondary school teacher will teach PSHE or you know, personal, social, health and ed- health education. Some people yeah. call it citizenship or some people call it um PD I think now is becoming more common personal development but essentially I'd always have a lesson a week where I'd be teaching about a lot of random topics that I had very little expertise or knowledge about but yet kids were looking at me as if like what does this mean sir and I was sort of like I'd been looking at some notes 30 minutes before to try and sort of um, understand what it was that I was delivering and and there were a lot of these topics were sort of they'd be around themes you know like Remembrance would be one of them. There would also be topics on International Women's Day. I mean, cyber security, um, uh, National Apprenticeship Week, and some of them I felt confident talking about. Some of them I I didn't at all. And um, so some some of these resources we've created are, are, are a little bit based on my experience in terms of being a, a having to be a PSHE teacher and teach content I wasn't confident teaching. And almost right. we've created, we've created content about that, but we don't just do it for, you know, we do not do it for anything. We, we look at where does the army have some sort of credibility? Um, so for example, when it comes to Remembrance Day, you know, there's, that, that's something where the, the army can credibly talk about that because, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a big part of the army's history. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we create resources for, for um, schools to use, so that they've got, you know, clear lesson plans, assemblies, you know, PSHE lessons that they can teach. And we do similar things when it comes to National Apprenticeship Week. You know, like I've said, we're the number one apprenticeship provider in the country. So, you know, we can talk confidently about what apprenticeships are and the benefits of them. We can use case studies to say this is, you know, from soldiers who are serving, who who, who are doing an apprenticeship or, or currently on one or completed one. Um, and, and, and we do the same with... Um, uh, internet safety day we have because we've got a whole sort of cyber security aspect of the army and it's part of the british army's job again mm. these are these are areas where where we can talk about and and confidently do that so so yeah we there's that sort of corporate social responsibility aspect that I think's in there, based some of that based on my experience. Um, but also, we 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 only tend to do it on stuff that we can talk about credibly, because otherwise, you know, no one's going to buy it, and, we, and what, what's what's the point of that? So, and then I suppose this the the second probably that I mean, and the main reason mm. is that we we know from the research that we've done that only about seven percent of the of young people now have like a family or friend who served in the British army. So if I go back to my, you know, my time at school, mm-hmm. my generation, um, you know, our grandparents served in the second world war. And, you know, we had that direct link to people who'd been in the army or knew about the army. And if you lived in, I live in, in a town in, um, in, the, in Hampshire, which is quite close to a lot of army bases and i see army army vehicles going around quite frequently but there are parts of the country where people haven't had that exposure to um where family and friends in the army but then also they don't see any of the army around and if you don't really see anything or know anything about it you you don't know about it as a viable sort of career option um so and and building on that, that that research found that there was an awful lot of You know misinformation that people have there these precon misconceptions about what the army did what the army is and then when we we found that you know what 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 are your sources you know where why do you think this and uh, you know people were saying that you know their, their sources of information were things like dad's army which as an american you may not know but that's like an old tv show about a comedy show about the um about the british army during the second world war and it's and okay. then other other sources they would quote would be one of them was Hunt for Red October, a Sean Connery film about okay. the American Navy. <laughs> and that would be that that that's what they were basing their information about the British Army on. Um, so so a part of this is to is to sort almost raise awareness of what the modern British Army does, you know what's its role in the what in the UK, you know when things like there's floods in the UK, the British Army help out. You know, when there's um, uh, natural disasters around the world, the British Army, you know, go there on humanitarian relief. And uh, so it's, it's, it, it's raising awareness of what a modern army does, but also raising awareness of what those modern opportunities are. You know, if you wanted to be a plumber, you could do that in the British Army. If you wanted to be a bricklayer, you could do that in the British Army. I mean, literally, uh, I've been to sort of like UK, to these careers fairs with them and I've seen some of our um, uh, recruiters talking to to students. They're like, "What do you want to do?" And, you know, say a job, and you know, w- unless they go like random. I mean, but if they say most mainstream jobs, you can do that in the army. Hmm. Um, so it's it, you know, so that's probably the, that's the primary reason. There's a lack of understanding of what the army is, what it does, and what it can offer. And so a lot of these resources they build in case studies from serving soldiers and of what they're doing um, and how, how they're helping the world. Like we do a, I think there's, there's one on um purification of water and it talks about how, you know, you know, and we, we use case studies of how we're um doing disaster relief in, you know, areas where there've been hurricanes and things like that. So, so yeah, that, th- th- those are the, 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 sort of, there's that, there's that, I think the core reason, which is, which is what I just said in terms of raising awareness and then there's also from my experience as a, as a as a struggling teacher in the in the PSHE curriculum
0: right right yeah no that's fascinating I mean I there's a lot of threads that I'd almost like to to pull on there yeah. I think the the research that only seven percent or so of um of people are are kind of what connect like so, directly connected. Yeah. Or how did that work? So, you
1: know, yeah, seven percent of young people. So that would be people who are in their sort of um, I think we we do like a fourteen to twenty five year age group. So it's in that sort of young de- younger demographic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. just. I, I mean, I guess I didn't really even even consider that because you know there are wars going on right now. So it's not like yeah. the military is. Is out of people's minds, but I guess maybe that personal connection might yeah.
1: be. Yeah, yeah, and and so the we we looked at what are the how, what's almost like the hierarchy of sources of information for young people. Mm-hmm. So family and friends is like the number one source for young people in terms of not for every young person, but for for a lot of young people. So then I think then it's the news, and then it's schools um so that's primarily why you know we we go into schools um because a lot of young people obviously will trust their family and friends but we can only influence seven percent of them because that's all where we are and then regarding the news some people you know watch the news but i i would probably argue that less and less of a younger demographic are watching the news than perhaps traditionally because you know when i was at school there was two or three tv channels maybe four yeah four I'm not that old. um whereas now there's you know to, to try and maintain people's attention for a long period of time is is difficult um because there's just so much um so many different ways for them to consume media
0: yeah that's true and so that that's where that kind of combating misinformation comes in in handy right yeah so just to kind of paint a picture for our listeners because uh hopefully they'll they'll take a look at some of the lessons uh but the lessons do span a bunch of different subjects kind of ranging from the the, you know traditional subjects and that's i guess where those case studies come in so i i remember seeing a video of uh an electrician talking about his job in the army and and how it related to physics um and then the lesson goes on from there so there there are yeah many lessons I guess like that um if listeners are, are interested there are also some on kind of less traditional subjects m- more things that we've been hearing a lot about in um post-pandemic reports in the media things like well-being things like um character I was kind of curious at how those kind of came into the
1: the lessons for the for um, the for me it all stems back to that credibility um, but when you look at particularly the character resources so character education i think is is important because it's i mean it's quite an overarching term but it's sort of it it challenges or it tackles things like resilience um, determination and hard work teamwork all of those sort of things you know that come under character those are sort of, you know, they're bread and butter for the army. Essentially, that's the sorry for the the the, the British idioms that I, I chuck in, but that they are. Um, that's 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 what we do every day. You know, that's part of the job. Um, and I think that the same with you know, um, with mental health and well being. You know, it's it's not a secret. The army is. It, it can at times be a stressful job because of the nature of the job. There, there are times where you'll be in stressful situations and, you know, the army has to ensure that it, it looks after its soldiers more now than ever. And I think, you know, with all of the, um, the way that, you know, mental health is probably in the past, there was less information or uh, around it. And now that's, that's not the case. And um, I think that the awareness of it from all employers, including the army is there. And um, so, Again, it's something that they take seriously, and something where we, you know, we have some, you know, credible experience to to be able to pass on.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's really interesting, and and that's a good point that it, the army could be a, a very stressful job, um, yeah. depending on wh- where and what you, where you are and what you're doing, um, but particularly on uh, character. I was kind of curious. Um, I do think you're right that that those kind of traits make up. As you said, the bread and butter uh, of of the army, but um, are they teachable? I don't know. Maybe this is more of a philosophical yeah. question for the academics. I, but are those? I,
1: I mean, I I think one hundred percent. And I think that you know, I mean, this is probably this is a bigger question that goes it goes beyond this. But it's 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 a way that we look at the the current schooling that the current schooling system you know, we have a, we have a set of subjects, a kid will go in, you know, a kid will go into school, and they will do these subjects, and that's what they do, and they get their grades, and they, and they do that, and, and we focus on an awful lot of knowledge, and regurgitation of that knowledge, um, and we don't necessarily focus on some of the softer skills, like resilience, which, I I mean, I mean, the army is a, is probably proof that, you know, being able to teach resilience is possible, mm-hmm. um, but we, we're probably in a, in a situation where it's school, schools need to need help in, in how they can teach kids to be more resilient and, and to, to not be afraid to fail. Because we know as we've left school that failure is a huge part of life and that's fine. There's, there's not an issue and you know I've got a daughter that plays um that plays football and you know when when she's doing her skills or you know working through her drills you know you can see the frustration and it's like that's fine you, you it, it, it's not a, it's not a problem to be frustrated that's how you make progress and it's it for me there's an aspect of schools where we we need to put a put more um more emphasis on some of those sort of life skills um, and not just be solely focused on a grade well not, not even a to Cs now one to nine in this many subjects because yeah I mean it's, it's useful to have a rounded educator it's useful to, to to have a lot of knowledge but it's also useful to be a resilient robust person who can who can you know tackle failure head-on and then move on from it and learn so so, yeah, I, I mean, I think the Army's proof that those skills can be taught. I think that my personal view is not the Army's or Capitals, is that the education system needs to look at how it can prioritise some of those skills, um, even even skills like, you know, entre- you know, being an entrepreneur, because, you know, these are the skills that are, you know, these transferable skills that can be used anywhere. I mean, knowledge is important, but knowledge in a combination with these skills will make someone more successful surely I can't see how it couldn't
0: yeah I mean actually that's what I was going to say is that it seems like these resources have they strike a nice balance between you know mm-hmm. that that knowledge richness of like hey look um you know knowledge about physics can lead you to be an electrician which you know has a certain yeah, sense yeah, yeah. and then like you said uh, as well some of these other resources focusing on well-being or something about resilience uh, you know that balance is there which is I, I think quite good because here at hep we are we are big fans of the knowledge rich curriculum but I can completely see what you're saying about, you know, if you're focusing all on, especially assessments, right, that's almost different than the knowledge.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. And probably, yeah, assessment is probably a better way to put it, Um, because there are a lot of people who have, who have, you know, who probably on paper aren't your perfect um candidate if you were looking at them but they have certain skills that you would you would think actually they would be brilliant in in a certain in, in the right situation they would thrive mm. um it's just you know sometimes trying to find people the right way to to learn new skills and the current education system is it's a education system for the masses and it has to be to an extent but it doesn't fit for everyone um, and they're yeah, and I, 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 think the army is a is a great way of sh- showing that it can um it can develop develop you into a into a, a well rounded person regardless of what your academic background was.
0: I am curious. Then this kind of leads into the next question, but um, so so why are those resources? for um specifically for key stage 3 and 4 students what what was the
1: uh goal for the age range there primarily because i suppose it you know to 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 be blunt t- two two reasons one that's my area of expertise is the secondary sector one mm-hmm. 100% that's probably an area where you would say they're closer to making career decisions on what they want to do um And then we're in a world where we, sometimes when the army goes into certain schools, there are, you know, there are people within society who are very much against that. And um, so therefore, you know, we're we're not, we, we acknowledge that and we therefore tend to steer clear of primary schools because there's sometimes an awful lot of PR backlash in terms of the armies in primary schools trying to recruit children, and we're not, we're not trying to do that at all. You know, we're we're trying to educate people on what the army does and let people make their own decision. Um, and when you get into the secondary and the FE and the university stage, people are old enough to make their own informed decisions. So that would be the primary reason why we we steer steer away from the the sort of primary sector.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, that makes sense. It, it... Brings me to you know the kind of contentious question I was going to ask, and you've you've covered it a little bit there. Um, but I can imagine that there are still people that might be a little bit unhappy about seeing the army kind of, um, even even at an older level, getting yeah. into the schools. Um, and of course, since there is, I guess to bring it a little bit further, even since there is like a you know careers toolkit and you know, there's definitely a recruitment focus on some of this. Um, yeah. How, how, what do you think the response yeah. is?
1: It's, it is, it, you know, none, none of this is a hard sell at all. And it, it's all for me. It's about, you know, we we look to the research and the research shows that the arm, people aren't aware of what the army is and you, you know, you, you don't do what you don't know. And if you're, if you're a young person and you're not aware of the, you know, the 96, career opportunities within the army you're not going to apply for it um so there there is a I I can see why you know I, i i don't personally agree with it but i see why people are do do um have a contention but in the same way that you know accountants universities solicitors um engineering companies they go they go into schools to raise awareness of the career opportunities that they have Um, and it's you know it's 100% up for the up to the young people and if they're under 18 their parents to make the decision so if someone doesn't want to join the army we would never force anyone in and in fact there's a huge you know it's quite a long process to join the army in terms of you've got to do the application you've got to do an interview to see if you're you're suitable you've got to do an assessment in terms of um, physical assessment um, medical so you know we're quite if we didn't think someone was suitable we wouldn't the the army wouldn't um employ them and you know in that interview process if you can see someone doesn't really want to do this again you wouldn't employ them so in the same at any company so yeah it's that there is definitely that recruitment angle onto it as there are with any firm that goes into a school every organization that goes into the school goes there with a recruitment aspect to it um with the exception of some charities obviously um but the 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 overarching message is to educate people on the opportunities and then it's up to them to make the decisions there's no no one's being forced to do anything and you know that we we would never do that but you, as i said you don't do what you don't know because if you don't know about opportunities why would you apply to them and you know i it, it, me me from a non military background coming into this into this um job it was, it was a bit mind blowing to just understand the number of opportunities there are in terms of, you know, if you wanted to be a, a a doctor, for example. I mean, there are there are scholarships and bursaries within the army which will pay all your medical fees, if you you know if you you, you go through the interview and we think you're a, a suitable candidate. Same for. Um, sort of engineering jobs, you know but a, a huge chunk of your fees will be paid at a university level i mean and and again with with those with the apprenticeships that we're doing you're not on an apprentice wage in like you would be in some companies you you come in on a starting salary of over twenty three thousand pounds, and that's what your salary is whether you're doing when you're doing your apprenticeship it's not that you're on a training wage like you would have in the old days. This is you, you know you get paid as as a, a straight away you're getting paid the the, the money you're entitled to, um, right. so yeah ed, ed, education one hundred percent and letting people make informed choices is the is the number one reason.
0: Yeah, no I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean I guess I could go could go further and say you know this will be a recruitment to you know
1: a potentially dangerous job but for sure and, and and again, people are made 100% aware of the dangers. you know you you, you know when you're when, when they're having the interviews with you and, and I've sat in on some of the interviews at assessment centers. They talk about you know, that, and this one was a it was for a reservist I think actually, but they're talking about you know if you do this there's there's a chance you'll be deployed in another mm. country, in a combat situation because this person was looking to do a combat role, um, and you know people are made fully aware of the risks before they, you know no 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 one's no one's given like a no one's hoodwinked into this it's just it's it's the, the idea that some people have that these things happen is just ludicrous.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, I think if you if you look at the you know website and and the army is obviously making an effort to get out the resources. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna Shanghai people into
1: uh... <laughs> and um, and 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 again. Even though there are you know you are going into a, a, a you know stressful, dangerous situations in some of the aspects, some of the roles. You know, although every every person is a soldier first, they say you you know there are an awful lot of jobs where, you know, you're not in the infantry and you're not on those sort of like frontline sort of thing, you know, like you could be a, a human resources officer, you know, it's one of the other jobs, a management accountant is another job, a postal worker is another, job. there's lots of, there's a whole, a, a driver, there's there's a whole range of jobs which are out there. So yeah.
0: Yeah. And like you were saying, I, I don't think a lot of people would have been aware that those jobs were available through the, the army, which no, is de-
1: de- de- definitely not.
0: Yeah. Um, great. Well, uh, I, I do want to just jump back to the the resources one more time. Yeah. there was a, there's one um, little post on the website that says that the LGBTQ plus voices lesson won uh, the best free resource. So it won an award for for yeah. uh, teaching resource. And um, yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about that lesson and
1: why it apparently stood out? Yeah, I mean, it was a um, it was the Teach Secondary Awards uh, a couple of years ago, and it won the yeah be- best free resource. I mean, again, it, it stood out. It won, and I, I, in my opinion, it won because of its authenticity. I mean, essentially, it was looking at um a resource that could be um used in Pride Week, um, and it had uh, a lot of interviews with um, serving soldiers and officers who were from the LGBT community and they talked about their story of being um, uh, LGBT within the army and the um, some and and just how how the army um, the army is actually it, one of its strengths is that everything has a policy and um, so there's there's a stance on everything and um, so yeah for for me that that was the 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 strength of that resource it was the authenticity and the stories from each of those soldiers about their experiences in the army um mm. which was good because again like like a lot of organizations the army historically has had a negative um reputation when it comes to the lgbt community but um these the soldiers gave gave their side of 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 what it's like to to be part of that you know the, the, there's the um the LGBT forum um, within the army. And, the, you know, so they have a, a, a strong voice and um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, you know, so, some of the videos, they're, they're quite powerful when you watch them. And, um, and I, I think it was that those sort of engaging stories and the authenticity of those stories that really comes across in a really effective way. And yeah, for me, that, that was the reason why. Yeah,
0: definitely recommend people, Check that out. I I think some of the other stories that I saw in there too, they are they are kind of engaging. Like the the woman who uh, treks across Antarctica. That's a pretty yeah, pilot cool... break. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So so yeah, you can definitely see why the the narratives would be would be engaging. Um, are there any other resources that on the, on the website that are your particular favorites, or that you want to kind of highlight?
1: So I I always think char- character education was one of my favourite resources. It was a set of resources, so it's almost becomes like a small scheme of work that you could use within PSHE over like a, a half term period. I've always really liked those resources. Again, they've got engaging video content to sort of set the scene, and then they've got the a full bank of you know printed resources that you can use to for, for lessons within and, and 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 lesson plans there as well for the teachers. Um, the, the other big resource that we have, um, which, again, is another award-winning, award-winning resource, is are, so we have something called the Elite Skills Academy, and that's when the outreach teams go into schools, that's what they tend to deliver. They they deliver a lot of um, problem-solving team tasks. Some of those are sort of more traditional, like, you know, you've got uh, some big, like, uh, oil barrels uh, with planks on them, and they've got a walk-across, and then some of them are a bit more um sort of stem related problem solving puzzles that they have to solve but again that 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 that's a really good experience um in terms of you know some schools do it just for they, they get like a whole year group that you know the whole year 10 or year 9 come in and they just do like a carousel where they go through activities through the day at each class each period um and then others do it for uh, like a leadership activity for their prefects if they've just had new prefects in year 11 um so yeah that, that that's a really good activity and i, I mean if people want to get involved in that the information's on the website or you can contact your local army career center and they, they're sent, they, they can arrange for an outreach team to come in and deliver a session in your school um but yeah that that that, that that's the one side and then from the resources for me i uh, i always like the character character education resources i think i just think the films are quite good it's, they're quite quite sort of they they they, they sort of set a scene which i think is quite good
0: very nice yeah Uh, i was gonna ask how schools get get involved in this but but you've already said it so fantastic um and we will link all of the what all of what we've talked about today the resources the um opportunities to connect in the in the show notes of the podcast so great Well, I think we're kind of nearing the end here. Um, I just kind of one more uh, bigger question is uh, what's next? Like, does the army uh, plan on continuing to, you know, develop ties with schools and education? Is it going to keep releasing these resources? What's what's on the horizon? Yeah,
1: Yeah, I mean, the. The the outreach teams will all you know as as far as I'm I'm, I'm aware the, the outreach teams will always be there so there's always the local army career centres um, with outreach teams attached to them who are always free to come in and, you know some some of the some of the schools you know we have like repeat custom repeat customers who you know they have the outreach team in every year every every year for like two or three year groups and they just come in all the time so that that that's always continue I mean the plan is to look at more resources. Um, and, to, and to create more. I mean, we're looking to do, at the moment, we're in, we've got some to work with the uh, uniform protected services courses that are delivered in um, uh, sort of sixth forms in FE colleges. We're looking to create some resources for that. Again, going back to, it, it all goes back to where where do we have cred- credibility and, and some sort of authority to deliver something that, that can be used in schools? And so that's a resource that we... We obviously do. It's a uni- It's a course about if you know people are interested in joining, you know, one of the free RAF, <clears throat> Navy, Army, or Police or Prison Office, etc. So, so yeah, we're, we're looking to create a series of resources for that. Um, and if they if they're well received within the colleges, then we'll, we'll look to probably expand that as well. So, is it
0: about just to ask a little? I'm, I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Um, is it about uniforms?
1: Yeah, no, yeah. So, so the, the course that used to be called traditionally, it was called public services course. So if you wanted to be in a, 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 a job like the fire brigades um, or the fire service, the police service, the army, the Navy, then this would be a good course that would give you an insight into it and prepare you for it. So because you usually can't apply you're 18. So from 16 to 18, it would be a great course to do to then go on and um, join one of those services. And um, it's now it's been rebranded, essentially, to call uniform protective services course. In old money, it's public services. Um, gotcha. And we're, gotcha. we're, we're, we're looking to develop content for that. And, and some of that just to bring the resources to life, because there aren't a load of pre uh high quality pre-made resources out there for that course. So there's an awful lot of reliance on teachers to make them. And the thing you get within FE teachers, FE schools, is that you get people who've usually been in the industry but don't also necessarily have the sort of pedagogical skills to, to like, develop the resources. And so what what we do is we've obviously got my, myself as a teacher and we work with other teachers to develop these resources, and then we've got the Army case studies to bring that content to life to make it a little bit more engaging for the students, I think. So, yeah, if, they, if, if, they're, if they're well-received, then... We'd, we'd probably be looking to expand those next year. Great.
0: Yeah, that sounds yeah. really good. So I think we are pretty much at the yeah. end. Uh, is there anything else that uh, maybe we didn't touch on that you'd like to
1: talk about or like to say? No, I don't think so. been a, a, an enjoyable conversation, Luke. I've enjoyed it. So thanks for having me.
0: Likewise. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, yeah, so we'll end there. And uh, Richard, thank you once again. Cheers. That was Richard Watts, Director of Educational and Regional Marketing for the British Army at Capita. Richard is a qualified teacher with over 10 years' experience and has worked in several school roles, including head of faculty. He left the classroom in 2018 to head up the British Army Supporting Education Program. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, and share wherever you get your podcasts. We have plenty more interviews coming up for you in this new year of 2024. But as always, if you'd like to get in touch, please feel free to send me an email at luke.kemper at UK. Thanks for listening and stay tuned to Hep Talks.